Kelly draws the slide. Man's wide open. Time. Room. Bullseye. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome to episode 14, number Justin Gutterding of the Crease Die, presented by Barstool Sports. Your one-stop shop for that stick talk for lax rats, by lax rats. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Robbie O on the mics. Robbie, how we feeling this week, kid? Yo, yo, yo. What is going on, Jordy? And what is going up, guys? We have an incredible stacked loaded episode ahead of us today yeah i mean uh there there's no hiding it this is definitely our uh you know no disrespect to any of the other guests before but this is definitely our uh you know we've got our biggest guest uh in show history coming up here and you know coming into this weekend we've got the biggest rivalry in college across it is maryland versus hopkins weekend and what better way to get us ready for that weekend than by talking to maryland's connor kelly as well as former blue jay and current stud and face of the sport paul rabel so listen i i know that you guys don't care about hearing about us talk so let's just kick it right to those interviews let's get right after it right away here is paul rabel on the crease dive breaking down everything you need to know about Maryland versus Hopkins. All right, and joining us now, we've got two-time national champion, a two-time MLL champion, an NLL champion, as well as a world champion. The man has won every single thing that the game of lacrosse has to offer. But most importantly, heading into this weekend, he is a former Johns Hopkins Blue Jay. We've got Paul Rabel on the line. Paul, thanks for joining us this week, and how's everything going, man? Hey guys, great. Uh, it's 10 o'clock at night here on a Thursday. I love grinding with fellow grinders. This is good. <laughs> good. There is nothing better than a couple of grinders, dude. I mean, <laughs> we, we got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, yeah, like uh, like we said, and we're, we're going to get into it, we, we got Maryland Hopkins coming up. But, you know, it, being a Maryland native, and obviously you're pretty close with the football world, being boys with the beast himself, the legend, Coach Belichick, what do you think about uh, this draft right now? Who who your uh, who your birds about to get? So uh, I've got no idea what's going on in the draft. Um, I, I I think I was pushed uh, that uh, Baker Mayfield was drafted one, but beyond that, no clue. I, I don't watch much NFL outside of the Patriots, um, and and that's usually only the Super Bowl. So you know. I, that that may burn you guys a bit. I uh, I don't know how that lands, primarily around uh, around available bandwidth and and uh, and and I think the NFL just hasn't done a great job lately around media either. So I'm I'm like a sports business media snob there, but I uh, prefer spending my time on on sports like lacrosse and then I'll watch basketball um, and soccer. So there you go. Well- yeah, I mean, I did like shut the podcast down now. Is that, is- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of sports media, um, you know, this is something that, you know, I, I, when people, uh, you know, they, you know, they talk about NFL, they talk about, you know, all these major sports get all the shine. Uh, and the thing that pisses me off the most is when people say that you, you can't make a living 
playing lacrosse uh, and you're a guy who I always use an example of to tell people to shut up and that they're dead wrong uh, because you know what you've been able to do you know with your career so far in the MLL um, is you know you've become kind of this you know obviously you, you know you're you're one of the faces of the game but I think the reason of that is is because you know you're better than so many other people at branding yourself. I mean, you've got you know Rabel companies going on right now, uh, so you know you're you're huge on YouTube. You got a huge presence there, over a hundred k subscribers. You've got your suiting up podcast. Um, you know you're kind of all over the place. You know with endorsements and stuff like that. Um, so like one of those things that I think that you do incredibly is brand yourself to, you know, you, you're able to make this living playing lacrosse. And, you know, is, is that something that, you know, was a conscious decision on your end or is that just kind of, you know, the person who you are? So I, first of all, I really appreciate that. Uh, we, we work really hard on, uh, our businesses and the stories and narratives that we put out there around our businesses. And, and one of them is when I say businesses, and one of them is, is playing and, and what it means to be a professional lacrosse player. So I, I actually, I sound super nuanced, but I try not to think of myself as, as like self-branded or like branding the Rabel name and such, mm-hmm. even though uh, we use that. It, that's more in, um, backed by kind of empirical data of, of like recognizing uh, the person behind the investment. If you're a parent or a kid attending one of our events or if you're going to our YouTube channel, of course, there's going to be kind of Rabel all over it. But what we look at doing regularly is is basically telling that story or that narrative that you had described, which is uh, in need of help, which is what is it what is it like to be a professional lacrosse player? And it's no different than um, anyone else with a voice and with a with an experience and a social media handle. Uh, Jordy, you tell your story over Twitter and and things that you're doing. Um, I think what has helped me and I think what helps any athlete is your performance on field and my performance on field in this case. And and so like if 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 you're playing at a high level, people are inclined to to listen or see what that athlete or celebrity or entertainer is up to. If you're good at telling that story authentically and creatively, you're going to get a bigger audience. And so. I, uh, it's, again, sounds really nuanced in particular, but we, we think about, uh, those things all the time and then where the audiences are, what platform we're on, uh, how best to engage that audience. So it's, it's super technical behind the scenes, uh, and a lot of work goes into curating any piece of image, video, uh, written form or audio. Uh, but that kind of stuff, uh, excites me obviously. And it's, it's probably what I'd be doing if I wasn't playing. It's what I'm doing concurrently. So uh, that that's probably more the rationale behind it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think that there are many other professional athletes out there who kind of understand the digital space as well as you do. Um, you know, but as you know, something that you mentioned there um, is that you know people are more inclined to you know hear what you have to say when you're playing at a high level. Uh, so I mean, talking about that right now, I mean, so obviously the the lizard season, the MLL season opened up last weekend, and you know the boys, the Zards, uh, you know my former team that I played with for one uh, preseason scrimmage. Uh, you guys, you guys open up the season with a nice little 19 to 15 win over the Denver Outlaws. Uh, the boys were definitely buzzing in that one. I mean, I saw plenty of highlights between you know you, Pinnell, um, you know obviously you guys got guys like Will Manny in there as well. But uh, 
yeah, no, I, I didn't make the roster again this year, but uh, you know, the, the boys look great in that opening weekend. So talk to us about, you know, your thoughts on, you know, not only that big win over Denver to start off the year, but the lizard season in general, what's the outlook? Yeah. Yeah. We, we were pretty excited to get off to that start. Very rare in MLL. Do you lead a game start to finish? There's, there's a lot of swings and by virtue of how fast the game is, the talent of the players, the goalies, and then we'll see some swings at the X is that it's a game of runs. So uh, we went on some small runs and they closed the gap and, and, uh, and we kept pushing forward. So look, De- Denver's a, a perennial team in this league. They make the playoffs every year, seemingly. I think there's only one year since their team's inception where they haven't made them. Uh, they've started 0-6 and came back and won a championship. So certainly uh, expect our second matchup. Uh, to not be uh, uh, probably not go in the direction uh, of the first one where we had the lead start to finish. But anyway, they uh, they're a great team. They they turn on the Jets too when they get some of their NLO guys back in. For us, um, you know, defensively we made some ads this year. We got younger uh, and more physical. And then I think uh, you know we still have the the netminder in, in the back with with Drew Adams, who's just made some incredible saves against Denver. And then offensively. I think a year of, of growth um, from, from a veteran capacity, another year of playing with Joe now in the mix, Joe Walters, and you know what we got in the trade with Joe Lacasio and Will Manny really helped us. And then big one with Mike Bocklet and his ability to scrap and, and do all the, the things that don't show up on the stat sheet, even though he scores four goals a game. Um, those guys uh, are, are really beneficial. Rob and I have been playing together now since 2015. And we're, we're continuing to improve, I think, understanding how he moves off my dodges and vice versa. So excited about where it's going. I think our, our biggest challenge internally, again, is like, you know, sitting around and watching a guy dodge and shoot because each guy on, I, I think, on our offense have the ability to do that. Not to say that it's a bad thing. I think we're just better when we play together. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you and Rob you know, kind of entering the league at kind of the same time. You know, you guys were both young at one time, but now you guys are, you know, the old bulls. And you guys have both become uh, leaders in not only uh, your craft and, uh, you know, for the Lizards, but also Team USA. But, you know, we, we just had Connor Kelly from Maryland, and, you know, we're, we're about to get into Hopkins, Maryland a little bit later. But, you know, this is a kid, and, and you've been in his shoes before. He just got drafted to the MLL. This is the highest level you can get for your sport. So, Paul, like, you know, obviously you're, you're a leader. You get these new guys coming in uh, every single year. Uh, what's the advice? Like, how do, how do you teach these guys to go about the locker room, go about uh, their season? So, I, yeah, I think it, it's, it's a difficult jump, right? And I think yep. in any league, too, it just gets uh, highlighted in MLL because of the part-time nature of the league is that, you know, out of the gates, the culture of the team that you get drafted to – is really important, as is the front office of that organization, the fan base, et cetera. And, and so we were excited, I, th- I think, as, as a, a group of players this offseason um, to see the Rattlers move to Dallas. And, and Rochester was a staple of, of an organization in MLL. They won a bunch of championships and such. But the team last year was, was, uh, was traveling a bunch and, and you know, playing a bunch of away games during a – during their traditional home game slate. And it was difficult on those guys. I use that as an example. Uh, we were talking about the draft a few minutes ago, but 
know, it's not easy getting drafted to the Cleveland Browns right now, just calling what it is, right? Like I, I was lucky to get drafted out of the gates to the Boston Cannons or one of the most well-organized and well-run uh, franchises in MLL. And we were playing in front of 10,000 fans. So my experience versus Matt Donowski, who was in my class and got drafted to the New Jersey Pride, who are no longer ago, were like really different. So I think you have to look at how the guy, what organizations the guys are drafted to, and then the, the players on that team. Um, I know Connor well. You mentioned him, and 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 I know that he's committed to professional lacrosse full time. Uh, but he'll need great mentors, and he'll need to walk onto a team and and try to find a leader that he that can kind of wrap his rounds around his arms around him and say like, here's how to do it. Here's how to think about sponsors. Here's how to think about building alternate revenue streams, camps and clinics and such. So. There's a lot to it uh, that goes far beyond winning and losing. And again, this isn't just a lacrosse thing. I'll use another football example, even though I started this podcast saying I don't watch it. But like, you know, Tom Brady is is at 40 now, or is he 41? He's going to turn 41. Something. Yeah, he's up yeah, there. Yeah. So he imagine right? He's taking snaps under like you know a a, a 25 year old center and handing the ball off to a 21 year old running back and and like. You know, back in the Tom Brady days when when he was first commercializing and experiencing success at the NFL level, we all knew him as a guy that was like the consummate teammate that would take out the linemen to dinner and like spend time in the locker room. This is like single Tom Brady. Now he's married and he has kids and he lives uh, 45 minutes away from the stadium. So there are always challenges in sports. Um, this is especially professionally. It's not as clear cut as the college game where everyone's the same age, goes to classes, goes to practice and goes back to their dorms. So uh, anyway, boatload of stuff I just laid out there, but it, it's not easy. It requires a lot to, to go long and, and be, and be really efficient and ultimately successful. Yeah. I mean like, and a guy like you, I mean like you're, you know, like Robbie kind of said, I mean, you're, you're not the youngest guy out there anymore. It looks like you're, you know, you're a married man. You got all these, you know, all these stuffs going on with, uh, you know, whether it's the podcast or the YouTube channel. So you've got all this going on. Uh, then you throw an MLL season on top of that. And then especially this summer, you're, you're all sorts of booked up. Uh, because you're going to have the world championships coming up here in Israel later on in this summer. Um, you know, and this will be your, uh, this will be what your third time representing team USA at the world's, right. um, you know, and, and so you guys were able to win the gold in, in 2010. Um, you know, and then unfortunately you guys went down to a great Canadian team in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and something that, you know, kind of, you know, some, I'm a high school coach, so I like to, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, pass on some words of wisdom and, you know, some cliches and shit like that. Uh, and, and one that I always really enjoy is that, you know, you have to hate to lose more than you love to win. Uh, so being that you've won one world championship and lost another, what one is fueling you more for the 2018 Worlds in Israel? Do you want to get over that loss more or do you want to get that feeling of winning again? So... Uh- I, I think I, I want to get the feeling of winning again, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a couple of things to, to think about. So I don't disagree with, with what you said there around hating to lose. I, I hated to lose for uh, most of my life and it drove me nuts and I couldn't sleep when I lost and I would stay up during the week and think about it and replay games over and over again. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of value in that, especially if you're, if you're you know, finding the next – uh, cutthroat hardcore competitor 
whether it's a, a young youth player, a high school player, even a college player. Now there becomes a shift. And, and again, when, when you become a professional athlete, uh, very little conversation uh, goes into, okay, what's next after the draft? There's so much effort and time investment and monetary investment into getting a college scholarship and then getting drafted, agnostic to sport. But very few people talk about like, okay, what's it going to take then to have an 18-year career like Kobe Bryant? Like, How much do you have to manage your health? How much do you have to train? How much does that change? How much do you have to think about your mind? And, uh, and I've gotten into sports psychology a lot as I, as I kind of passed my late 20s and got into my early 30s. And what really drains athletes at the professional level is that like pure hatred of losing um, and, that, and, and that like kind of the, 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 the areas of, of growth that you had at a, as a young kid, the fear of losing, the fear of someone catching up to you, you need to flip it. It's important to have that. Uh, instinct, but to be able to enjoy the moment, to to enjoy um, you know, kind of the, the the opportunity that's in front of you, the games that you've played, the learnings that you have. That's when uh, people talk about experience in sports really kicks in. So yes, in 2014, was I really was I really mad when we lost? Absolutely. Uh, I I was in like a short depression, and then shortly after, broke my foot, and like things sucked. 2010 was it was it really great when we really high when we won absolutely but i think when we oscillate those highs to lows it, it, it really makes us mad in a way so uh, i'm trying to stay even keeled in the world championships this 2018 and try and be that now 32 year old uh veteran to where kevin cassis was for me when i was 24 in 2010 you know, obviously there, there are things that tick you off. You're a human. You, you get upset. What is one thing that kind of just drives you and just like propels you every single day to be better and just kind of be the best version of Paul Rabel? Uh, hold up real quick. We uh, While, while yep. we are recording okay. with Paul Rabel, we do not say be the best <laughs> on Maryland week. Oh, wow. Wow. That, that is right. Oh yeah, that's right. We don't. Oh uh, well, I, yeah. I, I was saying while we're, while we're interviewing with Paul Rabel, we do not say uh, the phrase "be the best" on Maryland. Week. Yeah, yeah. That that's on me. I wanted to kind of know what drives you uh, daily because not only yeah, I want I, like I said, I want you to be the best version of uh, Paul Rabel you could be. But you know, what? just be the greatest form of Paul that you could be on a daily basis there when you wake go. up. What drives you? What motivates you? What's the thing? that has kind of led you and uh, you're, you're a very humble guy. You know, we, we, we've talked to you for, you know, X amount of minutes, but you know, we, we could tell that, you know, you have this humble balance to you. Um, you are the face of the sport in, in my opinion, in a lot of people's eyes, what's kind of the thing that, that, that that's driven you on a, on a daily basis to say, Hey, I got a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers. These individuals that are looking up to me, me and Jordy have, have, have joked around about it. I mean, I mean, we grew up, you know, playing high school, playing college, watching your videos. You know, what's kind of the thing that you jump out of bed and you're like, man, I, I, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. You know, I, I, I'd love to like spew off something really motivational to you guys about like competition and, and, you know, being ultra driven so that I leave this fucking legacy. And, and when people think about, uh, Paul Rabel, they go, Oh, he moved our sport forward. 
and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and that's always a part of you know, our, our thought process. It's called ego. Um, but for me, it, it, honestly, I get out of bed really just enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, and that, again, this is changed over time. So the, this conversation that we would have had four years ago, I probably would have said something as I just mentioned. Um, but I, I genuinely, and maybe that's like part of maturity and, and just like being a little bit more nostalgic as, as you continue to play and, and see the game grow and somehow hold on to, uh, certain, uh, you know, a- athletic capabilities and, and, and such, but I've become a student of other sports. And so I'll give you an example of like Jack Nicholas. So obviously one of the game's greatest golfers. Um, and, and why I look at Jack is, is you know, the conversation around how much work we put into acquiring skill and edge at, at an early age, all the way through the, the early portion of our professional career is that stuff. If you continue to push it actually drains you and shortens your career. Uh, so Jack actually started, uh, hitting balls less during the week and kind of enjoying the, the relationship part of sports and the opportunity to communicate with fans and like learn about the business and that kind of type of stuff, uh, helped him become more well-rounded and extend his career. And so uh, I, I think I, I've, I've noticed that. And, and so to kind of use your example of getting out and thinking about creating a, a video on YouTube is I think about the conversation that I want to have with the next generation of, of young players that are looking to play. I also think about, you know, the creative nuances of these platforms and how to kind of lean in and do something cool and fun and quick and uh, and and that's kind of how I think about media. When I think about playing, I I, I just really I, I'm I'm more curious at this age. So so how can I improve nutrition? How can I improve the workouts that I'm doing? Try different forms of physical therapy. I, I probably shoot less, but I think I'm more effective having done that. So it's like really explorative and and less around like going out and trying to jam a hundred balls into the corner because like I'm gonna feel good about myself for doing that. So I've, I've, uh, I've really challenged that traditional way of thinking. Um, and then to your point, Jordy, around my, around my podcast is like, I think part of it has come from listening to some of the guests that I've had and some of the hacks that they've done and things that, that have helped them improve. So it's this like all encompassing uh, self and social and, and uh, athletic awareness that I'm starting to get. Yeah, uh, well, real quick, uh, let, let me uh, just plug that again real quick. Make sure everybody Let's here go. is subscribing to Suiting Up Podcast uh, on iTunes. Uh, you, on, you on Spotify as well? Yeah, yeah, Spotify. I think I, I do a read at the end of my podcast, so I'll, I'll do it right now. But available on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, maybe I, I don't remember as much, but pretty much all the all those platforms, yeah. Wherever, wherever you listen to your podcasts, I'm available. Yeah, wherever your ears are, you can uh, download and subscribe Suiting Up Podcast. But, uh, you know, so it sounds like, you know, we have this real even-keeled Paul Rabel these days, um, you know, and I think, you know, especially, you know, for the reasons that you mentioned, that is a very scary thing uh, for a lot of people in, in terms of playing against you because, you know, it's, it sounds like everything, uh, you know, that, that you're kind of making this 
almost like a conscious decision to kind of lay low a little bit so that you can just keep balling out for a while. Uh, but even though, you know, you're more even keeled right now, but I know that there's still at least one thing, one thing in the world that really gets that competitive edge going. And that has to be Maryland versus yeah, Hopkins. Week. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this I, is. I forgot the, about that part of the question. <laughs> this yeah. Is, I forgot. I forgot. It's, yeah. it's the biggest rivalry that the sport has to offer. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm looking back, you know, at, at your career at Hopkins. It looks like you're, uh, you know, you're three and one in that rivalry. So, I mean, you, you've got, uh, you know, freshman year with a win, sophomore year, tough loss, but then you, uh, you close out your career with back-to-back wins your junior and senior year. Uh, so, you know, obviously you have a nice little leg up in that, uh, in that rivalry. Personally, Hopkins has a nice little leg up in that rivalry all time, but right now, Maryland, I mean, they're, they're reigning national champs and they've won the last three matchups between Hopkins. So, you know, do me a favor real quick and, and just, you know, talk to us about, you know, what this rivalry means to you and what you think it means to the sport of lacrosse in general, because it's it's the premier rivalry in this sport. Um, you know, and I think that no one can explain that, you know, better than you can. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I'll do my best. But I, I know there are uh, some Hopkins <laughs> alum out there that are that are historians of the game. So I prob- I'll probably botch this statistically, but. I think, uh, you know, Maryland for us, when you step on campus, is a game on the regular season schedule that you're able to highlight and circle. No other game uh, as a player and certainly under Coach Petro's reign were we allowed to look forward to, quote unquote. It was always the next practice, inside the practice, the next ground ball. Don't even think about thinking about the, the opponent after the next one except Maryland. And so Maryland was, was the, is, is representative of not only the oldest rivalry in our sport, but Sports Illustrated at a time when I was at, at Hopkins, I remember ranked it as a top 10 rivalry in all of college sports is that Hopkins-Maryland game. I remember when I was a junior in high school, uh, I went to the 100th anniversary game at Homewood Field. It was sold out and both teams wore retro uniforms and Kyle Harrison came out and scored the opening goal and yeah. the, the environment was electric. I know that this coming weekend, the game is already sold out. I've been getting pinged by all of my uh, Hopkins network and uh, scrapping for tickets and or figuring out where to tailgate before the game. I won't be down there, unfortunately, because we have a game in Ohio. But uh, from, from what it sounds like is this is going to be a, a game that uh, that's crowd is bursting at the seams and and the players are are ready to to re- ready to fight and both teams are our top five teams so we're, we're back in a place where Hopkins and Maryland uh, stands for what it used to as relate to my experience there um, you know Maryland was a really really impactful game both my junior and senior year we were in positions where in my junior year we were four and four we were playing Maryland. Um, at Maryland, we went into overtime and won that game. We didn't lose a game the rest of the year and went on and won the championship. My senior year, I, I think we were in a worse position. We were three and five. Uh, we had Maryland at home. We beat them and went on a run again all the way to the national championship game. We lost to Syracuse. 
But that Maryland game emotionally is 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 so important for lacrosse, but also can be a launching pad for either team should they win. So uh, expecting big things this year as there's a, a lot of uh, drama leading into this game, yep. a lot of excitement. Both teams are loaded. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you said, this is the biggest rivalry. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, you know, you, you got your ACC teams and, you know, you weren't there when Hopkins was a Big Ten team, but, you know, now you got this. It makes it even more intensified. And like you said, it's going to be at Homewood, but it's going to be split blue, and then you're going to have a sea of red. Um, let's rewind a couple of years when you were rocking, uh, what, number nine, right, at Hopkins? That's right. Yeah, it was number nine. Exactly. Well, take it back. When you were a senior, when you were a captain, rocking number nine, at Hopkins under Petromala, just walk us through and walk all the listeners through what it was like Maryland week, being in that locker room from Monday to Friday. You got the game on Saturday. You know, what's that got to be like? I mean, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's just, it's exactly what it's like the week leading into the final four where just kind of everything shuts off around you. Uh, the biggest difference between the week leading into Hopkins is that you have school uh, that's still going on the weekly and in the final four, you're a full-time athlete. Uh, but, but to the extent that like, there's so much hype, the local media starts coming to practice. You start pulling the newspaper clippings, at least when I was in school. Now they're probably just online. Um, and, and like, and, and people, a alumni is coming around, uh, you know, a little thing about Hopkins. Uh, I remember coach Petro telling me this when, when I was being recruited, is that, yeah, a lot of these schools are investing into their lacrosse programs and a lot of them have developed into these more conventional powerhouses where traditionally it was like the the four ACC teams and Hopkins were the best. He was like, but we're still the only school with homecoming in the spring, right? Everyone has homecoming in the fall around the football team and such. Like we are the biggest attraction and the biggest sport on campus so much that our homecoming, we make the alumni wait until the end of the freaking school year so they can come back and see everyone, and we drop it on Maryland weekend. So, it, you know, people are – there's additional excitement around this game because the student body is setting up and alumni is coming in, and, and so all of that kind of leads and culminates to the day of where don't get much sleep the night before because you're excited. Um you know, the, the, they're coming out of the quarter center now, which wasn't there when I was playing, which is the, you know, the big uh, kind of glossy and, and marble plated athletic center that oversits Homewood Field. We were coming out of the locker room in the athletic department previously, and there were these like tile ceilings in the hallway we walk out. Maryland Week, as we were waiting to be called out, we would punch the tiles out of the ceiling. We would all just be jumping up and headbutting and punching. So we'd come out like shot out of a cannon uh, for that game. And and it didn't take much to get us there. And if you have someone who can get you there, it's Coach Petro. Wait, hey, real, real quick, because uh, we, we, you know, we talked about Connor. Some, someone asked about uh, uh, their victory song, uh, the song that they uh, jump out to. Or, uh, you know, after a huge win, you go to the locker room and it's blasting the speakers. Let's rewind a little bit again. Uh, Paul, what was uh, your guys' song? Do you guys remember? Yeah. Or, like, did you guys have like a, a significant song that you guys had for the victory? Or was it just the band? Or, you know, or was it the band? 
<laughs> yeah. So, I, so we would have, uh, actually my roommate was our like in-house DJ, uh, his name is Garrett Stanwick. So he would, he would keep things, uh, keep things fresh and, and, uh, different from week to week. And he was kind of in his own world and we trusted his, uh, his, his music taste was what was on for, uh, for pop culture and, and, and even the underground scene on, on, a, depending on the opponent or, or the, or the planned night or the planned uh, events that evening. Uh, but I would say what we repeated in the locker room uh, every Saturday was a uh, song that we would sing. Uh, a, it was like a, a mixtape version of the, of, of the Hopkins mantra um, and so we would do that together and then we'd round it out. So that, that was what we would do after each home win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, so I, we're going to have to get our hands on that, uh, on that remix and we're, we're definitely going to have to bump that for this week coming up. It's definitely going to be a huge week. A cannot miss game, uh, real quick. Let me, let us just, we don't need to get an official final score prediction from you. But real quick, tell us how many times is that band going to pop off? And also, how many times is Joel Tinney going to make? Because he's a Hopkins boy. Not only is he a Hopkins boy, but he's a Lizards draft pick. So you're going to be able to get to play with him once. And uh, and, 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 and a reoccurring guest. And a, and a recurring guest on the crease dive. We've uh, we had him on a few weeks ago. So, how many times does the band play in general on Saturday? And uh, how many times is courtesy of 55? Let's go with fourteen and four. Okay. Ooh, I, I like that. Hey, I, I can. Uh, I'm. I'm really looking forward to seeing some uh, some Joel Tinney and Paul Rabel combinations for some hidden ball tricks in the MLL this year. Yeah, you but, and me uh, both. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, huge game this weekend. Can't miss it. Um, but you know, to to wrap things up here with you, you know, we we just got some uh, some real quick, you know, kind of off the cuff. Uh, questions here for you. So, you know, we, we mentioned Belichick earlier in the interview. Um, you know, one thing that I want to know right now is, you know, obviously the, you know, we're recording this on Thursday night. It's, you know, it's 1040 right now. So the boys are grinding. Uh, but so it's, it's the first round, but obviously we still got plenty more rounds to go. What I want to know right now. So do you think that Bill, because he loves former lacrosse players, do you think that he knows every single player in this draft class who has ever once picked up a lacrosse stick? And do you think that he's just waiting to pull the trigger on drafting one of them? So the answer to your first question is yes. I, I would, I would be, I would be pretty certain that he knows uh, more than, than if they've ever touched a lacrosse stick. I don't think anyone in football studies talent better or more than coach Belichick does. Now, will he jump on it? Uh, that I think, uh, is, is uncertain from my perspective. It seems to me that he's just operating on a different level than it, than anyone else. So it could be lacrosse based. It could be something else. I think he understands soft skills more and motivation and competition and drive, but, um, with his affinity for lacrosse, I, I would, I would lean in that direction. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, another question is, uh, you know, you already talked about Rob Pinnell. You know, you guys kind of came to the league together, kind of shaped uh, MLL, especially the Lizards. If Rob Pinnell, and also throw your name in the mix, were to play football, because we are recording on draft day, got to stick with that, what position would you guys be? I would say Rob, probably a halfback. 
Um, I, I okay. think he, his build fits for uh, and he and he he definitely uh, uh, embraces contact um, and and likes to carry the ball. For me, I would uh, I think I would I would be a pretty decent receiver. At least that's what I used to pitch Coach Belichick on when I was trying to convince him to give me a tryout for the Patriots. You uh you you close with Hogan at all? Uh yeah, I do know Chris. Yeah, he's uh he's a year young. I think he's a year younger than me and uh you know, he went that route and and well, you know, the 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 biggest difference is that he was, you know, an all-state football player. I had never played football before, so he had a lot of experience there and he 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 took uh took on lacrosse in college instead, but was always considering football and then went back his fifth year, as you guys know, and then grinded out for about another nine years before eight or nine years before catching a break. So definitely high risk, but he's, uh, he's getting a high reward right now. And so we're really happy for him. And he always gives lacrosse a shout out, which is really great. Oh yeah. I mean, he's a, uh, he's a Thompson brothers athlete. He also, uh, you know, he also puts on for headstrong. So he does great work for the game. Uh, This is my last question for you. I I know that Rob might, uh, Rob's probably going to ask about your twig after this, Uh, but my final quick hitting question for you, um, Obviously, hair has always been a, a big part of your of your brand, of your game, of of your style. I mean, you you've gone through plenty of different looks throughout your career so far. Um, so you know whether it's you know short, long, uh, you got you know tight on the sides right now. Um, so you know what what I want to ask you right now is: Do you have a specific, like? Do you have your own barber? Um, and if not, like how, like how much trust do you have to, you know, have in somebody before you let them take a pair of scissors to your hair? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I, um, I would say that I, 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 I don't worry too much about it. Um, I have some friends that are, uh, really, uh, tight with, around their hair and their barber and, and how often they're getting it cut and stuff. I, uh, I, I do have a barber in, in Brooklyn. His name's Greg. Uh, he, he runs the uh, fellow barber shop here in Williamsburg, but that, you know, he's, I mean, he's an artist, but I, I would say that uh, I just think that there's so much lifestyle and opportunity to, uh, to, to kind of storytell around personalities and, and especially in lacrosse, where I think it's super hyper stylistic, um, and 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 we're a helmet sport, so I like the opportunity to kind of try different things. I used to, when I was younger and played soccer, I used to love David Beckham. So I loved how he had a different hairstyle every year. So um, my my brother would would elbow me uh, for for even having this conversation um, because he uh, he he always makes fun of me for for getting the head of hair. Um, and, uh, but he, but he got all the smarts and the, and, and, uh, and the strength. So, um, I blessed to have it while I can and, and let it grow while, while it's there. <laughs> I don't know how else you answer that question, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's only one way to answer it. 90% of lax is in the flow. And, uh, yeah, Jordy's right. We're going to end it off on this. Have had a ton of questions about this. Um, obviously you're a sponsored athlete, walk us through your twig and with that being or your game day setup. And with that being said throughout high school, 
That's a math in Maryland. Hopkins, what was your favorite head you ever played with? So those are two big questions. Yeah. So let me rule out the head that I designed with Warrior because okay. you know that you know the, the Rabel one and the Rabel two. Wait, 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 real I was, quick. I mean, I'm, I mean, we, we talked about we talked about this earlier. I told you I I used that head all throughout high school, all throughout college. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that, and and I'm biased toward it, but I I also spent a lot of time on the design side, and it was a kind of a, a culmination of a lot of the stuff that I had done in uh, high school and college leading up to it. So we used to. Um, throw our heads in the oven and pinch them so we would like bake the head and that was before you know the 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 manufacturers got really good at at pinching the shape of of the face of the head and and doing different things with the sidewall and offset designs and stuff when i was when i was younger i used an edge when i got into um high school i used a clutch by brine and then when i was in college we were a sponsored stx team um, so I used a, a proton power, um, and uh, and then when I got out of school, I was with Maverick for a couple of years and helped design a head there, and then found my way onto Warrior, and I've been with the Warrior team for six years now. I've helped design a couple of heads, and now more recently working on the new warp technology with them. So uh, you know, equipment is a big piece of this game, and I tell kids that all the time. I think it for the most part goes uh, a little bit overlooked, believe it or not, is like, you know, to the extent of like, you you need to have something, and from my perspective, that you feel really, really good, comfortable and confident about. Um, if, if, you're, if you're not confident in your stick, and we've all been there as players, you're not going to play well. And so the, the, the advice that I took when I was a second year pro player and I wish I took it earlier. And I tell these kids now is like, Hey, like acknowledging ego, we spent some time on it earlier, but like, it's important to know how to string a stick, but, and I was stringing all my own sticks. And then I realized that like, there's just people who are better at stringing sticks. So I ran like an Instagram poll, I think it was my second or third year. And it was around a giveaway that I was doing. It turned out that these like string heads on Instagram are really, really good at what they do. So I sent each of these finalists two heads, one that they could string for me and one that they could keep. And I found one kid, his name is Riley Martin. He was in the Baltimore area actually. And he's been stringing my sticks since. And and again, I have no ego around it. I'm like, if this guy's going to give me a product that, that plays really well, uh, based on my style, like why would I insist on stringing a six? So long story uh, short is that if you're out there, think about the stick that you're using. Are you really happy with it? And if you're not, like find someone who can help you with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of the the string heads on Instagram, and I mean, oddly satisfying uh, watching YouTube videos of people string up sticks. But uh, but Paul, I, I know you're a, uh, I know you're a super busy guy here. And obviously you've got a big game coming up here against Ohio. Uh, so we're not going to keep you until all hours of the night. So we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, but once again, hey, make sure that everyone uh, downloads and subscribes uh, to, you know, not only to, well, first off to Paul on YouTube, uh, and also to suiting up podcast. Uh, who, who do you, uh, who do you got coming on for this week's episode? Yeah. So last week we had David Falk, who was Michael Jordan's agent. And that was a really interesting conversation as he talked a lot about 
the Nike deal that they signed and, uh, you know, coming up with the Air Jordan name to how they like to celebrate the McDonald's, Gatorade, uh, Hanes deals and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty cool behind the scenes. This week, uh, as I go from guest to guest, sometimes I bring on an athlete like Steve Nash, others an agent like David Falk, an entrepreneur like Gary Vaynerchuk. This week, I have uh, a personal favorite guest, a, a three-time New York Times bestselling author, and he's an um, organizational psychologist and head professor at Wharton School of Business. His name's Adam Grant. But we talk a lot about, and he does in a much more eloquent way than I, around ego and high performance and being present and leadership in the locker room and just kind of like high level conversation on uh, real like high performance and achievement, both personally and professionally. So I like to uh, have different guests from different walks of life and different fields professionally. And, and he is one and, and highly sought after. So to give you an, a, another example is, he, you know, he advises and consults uh, on the organizational psych side with Facebook and Google and Johnson and Johnson and the army and Navy. And so he's, he's regarded it. If you guys watch billions and you know, the, <laughs> Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the psychologist there that's brought into that, uh, hedge fund, um, you know, that's, that's commonplace for, um, for Adam Grant, except with the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. So as soon as you guys are done listening to this podcast, make sure that you go listen to that podcast. And as soon as you are done listening to suiting up podcast, make sure that you sit your ass on a couch you turn on that television and you get yourselves ready for Maryland versus Hopkins this weekend. Uh, Paul, I'm, 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 I'm holding you to that one. We're going to hear that band 14 times. Uh, thanks again for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, really looking forward to everything that you have uh, going on the rest of this season. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you, man. Paul, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. And joining us now on the podcast, we've got senior attackmen, sometimes midi, sometimes, you know, call him whatever you want. The guy's just going to put up points regardless of what position he's playing. We've got senior from Maryland. We've got numero uno, Connor Kelly on the line. Connor, how how are we feeling this week, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being on the podcast. What's going on, Connor? The pleasure is ours. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's definitely all ours because you have been, I mean, you've been ripping it up, uh, you, you know, your whole four-year career so far at Maryland, uh, but especially so this year. I mean, you, you've just been, you know, racking up points. Uh, pretty sure they, they have you down here for 64 at the moment. I'm sure that, mm-hmm. you know, I'd, I'd probably give you a few hockey assists there as, as well. But, um, I mean, you've been having an unreal season. Uh, and, and the Terps, you know, obviously you guys, you know, had, had a tough one against Ohio State the other week. But you guys are right up there back at the top of the nation. Um, you know, and, and I mean, hey, like this, this four-year career for you has been incredible so far. So, I mean, how has it been to just kind of keep that rolling and kind of going through NOAA national championship hangover so far right it's been an awesome experience uh I appreciate the praise you know I've just had an awesome experience every year like I've learned so much I've played with so many great players obviously playing under coach Tillman all four years and obviously my offensive coordinator coach Reppert and we had a change with uh coach Bernhardt who's now our D coordinator but a Maryland guy at heart so it's been an awesome experience uh obviously this year has been a lot different just being a senior leader 
and so I ended up taking the reins from like offensively from like Matt Rambo, Colin Heacock, Dylan Maltz. Those guys were awesome and just uh, huge guys for the program, you know, just brought a new life to the program each and every day. And we try to do that as a senior class, you know, we try to make it fun, but you know, it's got to be competitive. We're trying to meet the standard day in, day out. So obviously it was a hiccup sort of happened this weekend against Ohio state. It was tough to lose, but especially on our senior day, it was our last home game regular season, which was tough, but you know, you got to learn from those. I mean, I haven't been in a season where we've been perfect. So you got to learn from those. And obviously with Hopkins down the pipeline, I mean, Morales high, I think we're ready to go. Definitely ready to go. And, you know, me, me and Jordy always kind of talk about it. It's it's better to lose a game kind of like this now than obviously in May when, mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if you lose again, obviously not a Big Ten tournament, but if you lose again, you know, that, that's going to be the last time you put on a Maryland uh, Terrapin helmet. So, you know, you, you've been a, a four-year starter. You, you're a senior captain now. Uh, you know, you talked about, you know, the senior day, how emotional it was. Just kind of talk us through, you know, your three years at being in Maryland, uh, being under Coach Tillman, how that's kind of groomed you to be the player that you are today. This, this I'm not going to pump you up too much, but I'll pump you up, dude. This fucking stud down there at, at, at the attack position. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's been, uh, it's been a ride, you know, the ups and downs. Obviously, being in my last three years being in the national championship all three years, like that's, that's like sort of a lot of people don't have the chance to do that. And I'm so fortunate. I'm so proud to be a part of this program and it's been awesome. You know, obviously uh freshman year losing to Denver, sophomore year losing to UNC and sort of playing like some big minutes in that game and sort of uh, taking the like, game winning shot and missing, which was tough, but a learning experience nonetheless. And I thought that, fueled the fire going in last year uh but you know it's like this program is just you know it's made me who I am today it's made me like just not only a great lacrosse player but a great guy you know which I try to strive to be but it's just the guys that come through this like the midfielders like Joe Lacasio, Brian Cole, Henry West and then like Matt like Rambo, Heacock just awesome guys it's been awesome but playing under coach Tillman the guy he's a madman in terms of like the preparation he does like weekly, anytime you see him, uh, whether that's in the office or whether on a road trip, he's watching film and it's insane. Like we always talk about coaches that are similar, but I, I mean, obviously I don't know what uh, the whole Belichick effect, but he sort of has that sort of persona to him in the lacrosse uh, aspect of thing. Cause the guy is, he knows everything. He's taught me everything I know just from dodging, like feeding, just opening up lanes so, like, everything I credit to him is playing under him. So, it's been awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely need some Belichickian guys on the coaching staff if your team uh-huh. is going to go play on Memorial Day Monday back to back to back and, uh, you know, hopefully back again this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you you mentioned, you know, you're, you're playing in those national championship games. You know, you played a few big minutes uh, last year. I mean, you had a few just nasty goals in that national championship game. Uh, but this year, I mean, you're still putting balls in the back of the net. Uh, but you've kind of—I don't know if you reinvented yourself, if that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. But the assists, the dimes that you have been dishing out this year—you um, know, we we watched some, uh, especially in that Notre Dame game. I think we put out like uh, like at least five uh, gifs of you on our on our social channels. Um, mm-hmm. 
just cross field dimes. And I mean, your assist totals through this. I mean, I'm sure that you hear about this all the time, uh, but mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've been racking up the assists, you know, more assists through like 11 games this year than like the first like 58 of your career. So, uh, right. you know, kind of what, you know, what's that been like kind of changing uh, your role a little bit on this team? And, you know, obviously, you know, you put the number one on your, on your Jersey this year. And obviously that means a ton uh, in the Maryland, uh, in that locker room and, and for that program. So, you know, you're kind of, you know, you're finally the guy now that, you know, the senior class above you is out of there uh, and, and you're taking over this role and you're just, you know, you're doing everything for this team. So, you know, kind of how's that transition been for you? Is it something that, you know, you made a conscious decision of, or is this Mm -hmm. just you kind of balling out? Uh, Yeah, I think going into this year, I think I put it on myself to try to sort of try to be the leader, but both the player that is like meant for this team and whether that's passing or that's shooting. Like I I always get asked, they're like, what's going on with your assist totals? How have you like, you changed your game? And I, I feel like I've been the same player, but I just sort of just play around the guys that I'm playing with. Like, obviously playing with a Matt, like you're playing with Rambo and Heacock, it's like you, you can let them do their thing and you just try to find open lanes and just try to get out of their way and you'll you'll find the ball because they're just such great players to play with. And then coming into this year, we have obviously some great guys, some great pieces, but a lot of new pieces. Uh, so it, we've been trying to find our chemistry and I, we continue to work on that. But, like, uh, from a passing standpoint, I think it's just we try to work on it every day of just, like, being in great skip lanes or whether that's moving off ball. So it's it's been an awesome experience. Like, uh, but I think it's sort of a testament. I was actually talking about this today, of like, the guys I played with at USA this past summer. Uh, being able to play with them in the summer, in the fall, and then this past January when we had our scrimmage, uh, was just an amazing experience, like playing with guys like Paul Rabel, Rob Pinnell, like Schreiber. Like I was thinking, that you talked about like some of my passes, like they're they're not even close to what like Schreiber's. Like he's dodging full speed, and then he'll just rip a sidearm cross field to a skip lane, and then someone's putting in the back of the net. So it was all that was probably what sort of built me up for this year and sort of got me prepared was playing with those guys, and then. Like you said, of wearing the number switch of 40 to 1, that was, you know, awesome. Uh, like, a uh, very proud moment to wear that jersey just to represent, like, Matt Rambo, Chan and Chuck, Joe Walters. There's so many greats that have played here. I got the call from Coach Tillman this past summer, and he was just like, uh, we want you to wear this jersey. And, like, once he sold me on it, was, I was like, I didn't look back. I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear number one. So it's been an awesome year, and obviously we don't want it to end. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously you, you've got a ton of lacrosse, uh, you know, coming up with, with Maryland for the rest of this, uh, you know, rest of the season coming up. But you just mentioned, you know, all these guys that you played with over, you know, last summer, your Schreiber's, your Rabel's. Uh, Chanachuk, Walters. I mean, these are all guys who, you know, they're currently playing in the MLL. And, uh, you know, last week, uh, real quick, uh, haven't had a, a real good chance to do this yet, but just wanted to congratulate you on the second overall pick 
to the Atlanta Blaze. So, uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, what what is Thank that you. like, you know, kind of hearing your name getting drafted, especially uh, so high up in that first round right behind Trevor Baptiste? And, uh, I mean, obviously, all of your focus right now is probably on, you know, Hopkins this weekend, Big Ten tournament coming up, and obviously, you know, NCAA tournament after that. Um, mm-hmm. but, but you do have the Blaze to look forward to this summer. And just real quick, you know, what, what's that, you know, what are you expecting to kind of get out of that experience? I mean, I know that, you know, that roster right now is loaded with guys who you can definitely get the ball to. I mean, I, I think about a guy like Matt Gibson, who has probably the sweetest set of hands in the world yeah. uh, so i mean you finding him with uh you know you finding him with just an inch of space he's definitely handling that rod right yeah. uh, so i mean yeah so what what's it been like you know uh you know hearing from the blaze that you got drafted no, uh, number two overall and you know what, what are you kind of excited for the most yeah it was awesome honestly uh we were actually in the middle of the draft uh we were actually in practice preparing for ohio, ohio state but I got the news after, along with a couple of my teammates like Tim Rotans, Bryce Young, Dan Morris, Adam DeMello. So it's awesome to be drafted. You know, I definitely want to play in the MLL. I think it's a great league. There's so many great players. And obviously Atlanta, to be picked at number two was just an awesome experience. I mean, I, I don't think you can pass up on Trevor Baptiste. So I think he was a great pick at one. But to be picked at two and just to be regarded with those guys, be in such high regard with those guys like Fields, Reeves, Guys I've met before and played uh, played against or played with, just so many great players. So it was an honor. And obviously Atlanta, they got a great team. Obviously, like Matt Gibson, you said, I uh, played with them at the USA in the summer, and that guy's got a pair of hands. He can catch anything and finish anything. So and like guys like uh, Scott Ratliff, you know, there's Kevin Rice, those type of guys, so many great players. So, And I, Atlanta's a great spot. I think it's a – a come up for lacrosse uh, area, so I, I'm excited to uh, possibly be, uh, be a part of that. So yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely going to be uh, your next chapter, and uh, you better better hook uh, Jordy and I up with a couple Atlanta Blaze jerseys. But uh, dude, just focusing <laughs> on the now, I'll take I'll take a hat. All right, I'll, no, I'll, I got you. On I'll, the hat. I'll, I'll still take a jersey, but uh, yeah. focusing on, on the now, we got Hopkins this weekend, Saturday. Mm-hmm. 2 p.m. on ESPNU at Hopkins. Dude, there, there's some family feud there. I mean, your older brother, you're a little brother. Your older brother played at Hopkins, Hopkins graduate. You know, first of all, this is one of the biggest, baddest, best rivalries in all of Division One college across. So, one, that, that's got to have a huge impact. Two, you know, it, it's, it's got another reason for you. You know, you, you're watching your brother, you know, coming out of high school, play on a Homewood field. So, so what's, what's that going to be like? What's, uh, you know, and you know, I want to bring this up again, but you guys are coming off the loss. You know, you can't, mm-hmm. can't deny that. What's the locker room feel like? You know, you know, what are your guys kind of motives going into this weekend? Right. I think they're excited. Uh, we just actually had one of our alumni come back, Nick Manis, who's talking to us. And the Hopkins-Maryland rivalry, it's real, you know. Uh, there's bad blood between the two teams, and to be a part of that is just an amazing experience. Like, all the past alumni, every every team that are every team, every guy I've spoken to, they've always had this sort of hatred for Hopkins, and it's just – it's mutual, honestly, because – uh, they're both great programs, historic programs that get after it each year. And there's so many great players that have come through the program that they're striving to be the best team in Maryland. So it's awesome. We're playing for the trophy of the crab. I don't know if it's the, if it's the greatest uh, trophy to represent the rivalry, 
But uh, I think it's it's an awesome rivalry nonetheless. And I think just being in the locker room before that game when you're at Hopkins and it's 120 degrees down in the basement, they put it for us. But it's a fun experience, and I can't wait. You know, playing at Homewood, it's, it's a great venue for lacrosse. So it should be a good one. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, I mean it's a rivalry right now. I'm looking at the all time record here. I mean, you guys have met each other at least you know 120, 130 times or so. Uh, you know, Hopkins has a pretty significant lead. I mean, I think that they build up a pretty big lead. You know, back mm-hmm. in uh, you know when, when you know none of us were even a thought in our you know in our parents' eyes or anything. But uh, I mean, right now the Terps. I mean, you guys are on a tear. You guys have won the last three matchups against Hopkins. Um, you know. And obviously, you know, 2015, you guys got him in the semifinal. Uh, 2016 and 17, you beat him, you know, regular season here. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I feel like Hopkins, you know, but as you mentioned, a ton of bad blood here. And they just have to be fucking furious right now that you guys have been to three straight national championships, that you guys won the national championship last year. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, you're going to get their best shot regardless, uh, you know, because it's, it's such a big rivalry. But, you know, considering the kind of mark that you guys have on your back, um, you know, do you guys take, you know, kind of uh, do you take that into consideration? Do you take, you know, pride in that? You know, what what's, you know, kind of the uh, you know, you don't have to give away a game plan here or mm-hmm. anything. But, uh, you know, what are you expecting to see out of Hopkins this game? Because it's, it's going to be a gong show for sure. Right. hundred percent. And like like I said, it's it's an awesome, awesome game. The environment's crazy. Both the crowds, you know, everybody's either rocking red or the light blue. So. And then that that band that's playing up at Homewood, you know, so it's an awesome atmosphere to play in. But it's just like Hopkins is just a great team. I think top to bottom, I think they have a great defense. You know, they're sort of young in some areas, but I think they have just the talent uh, to back it up. So uh, defensively, I think they're great. I think we got our hands full this week. Offensively, you got guys like Shaq Stanwick. Hopefully, he's going to play. Then like Joel Tenney, who's just he's crazy good off the wing, plays defense. So he's an awesome player that I met uh, a couple years back. So he's an awesome guy. So it's you know, yeah. So uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a battle. You know, so uh, that's that's pretty much what I can give you for uh, game plan sake. But uh, it's gonna be a good one. Well, the lips are sealed, man. And uh, dude, yeah. uh, it, it's gonna be a good game, man. I'm really excited. Obviously, 2 p.m. Saturday on ESPNU. Um, Let's get into some quick hitters. Uh, these kind of questions come uh, from our socials at the crease dive. You know, kind of Kelly, you know, whether you like it or not. I saw you, by the way, come out after the locker room. That video kind of went in the lacrosse screen. You went a little bit viral coming out of the locker room and uh, signing a bunch of posters. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 dude, awesome, awesome video. Signing some posters, signing some sticks for the kids after the game. So, uh, mm-hmm. obviously – you know, getting picked two in the MLO draft. You're you're a huge face in the college cross world right now. So uh, a couple questions are, um, real quick, what is Maryland's, because you guys have a ton of wins, what's Maryland locker room victory song right now? The vi- victory song. So it's like, it changes all the time. We don't have a set victory song. We always have a set walkout song, but it's, you know, I think our go-to would have to be, I think it's a classic, and uh, we throw Love Shack on. I don't know where that came from, but that, that gets everybody going. I think it's an hysterical song, but 
it's like it's it's it's, it's, it's a hot tune. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a hot tune. Wait, wait, is it, is it the remix or like the actual old? School it's love the shack? actual old school Love Shack. Yeah, we got some old school guys on the team. That 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 that's got some like yeah, almost yeah, yeah. like some uh some slap shot vibes to it. Um, I I. I've got a question here that doesn't come from Twitter, um, but it, it's it's one that needs to be asked. So, you know, your last three years, you got to spend with two guys, Matt Rambo and Colin Heacock, um, and, and we've had both of them on the podcast before. Uh, so, you know, obviously, um, you know, you, you got to know them real well. You got to win a national championship with them. Uh, you know, you, you played three straight national championship mm-hmm. games with them. So you guys have a nice little bond there. But, you know, let's I'm say, you know, what, yep. what are you, a, a, a Jets yeah, fan? Good call. A, good call. All right. So let, let's so let's say, you know, let's say Connor Kelly oh, okay. has two tickets oh. to a Jets game, um, you know, and and you can only bring one or the other. You either have. Heacock or Rambo and you know obviously you know Ravens okay. fan Eagles fan you can take their fandom out of there just who do you bring, uh, who out of bring those to two, the game, game would probably be have to be uh Matt because you know he's the actual fan I don't know if he said that on the podcast but you know we got Colin who's like yeah I'm a Ravens fan but then I don't think he's ever even watched the game so I'm bringing Matt surely based off the passion for football and some good Sunday fun day yeah, I mean, they definitely went back and forth about that. Yeah. Uh, all right, then, then Tillman hears this conversation, chimes in. Who are you bringing now? Oh, Tillman's with us? He's in the three, so I still got two tickets. <laughs> yeah, 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 he chips in. Uh, you know, <laughs> he was Connor I, you know, I think I'm going to text Tills be like, hey, uh, maybe next week, but I'm going to bring Matt <laughs> this week. Did I already bring Matt? So I, I brought Matt once, or this is the first time going? First time, yeah, I'll, I'll bring Matt. Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, this yeah, is still we'll, the first uh, time. We'll, going. we'll save uh, Tillman yeah. for next, and then we'll take Heacock third. Fair yeah. enough. Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll have to get uh, you have to get two seats though to fit uh, Heacock's of, neck. Uh, speaking of fitting into things, <laughs> uh, guy Paul Mazzelowski, uh PX Mods, and uh, yes. He asked how hard was it? And, you know, you, you touched on it a little bit. Obviously, these are quick hitters. Don't go into it too much. How hard was it to fill Rambo and Heacock's shoes? And, you know, I'm just going to go off of that. You know, obviously, you spent three years under them. Now you're a, you're a senior leader mm-hmm. captain at Maryland. So, you know, how, how was that like? It was t- – yeah, it was definitely tough. I mean, not only are you replacing their – like their skill on the field, but you're t- uh, replacing their like – sort of that alpha mentality off the field, like they're big personality guys, you know. They keep the vibes light, so we all like to have a good time, but those guys kept the light all the time, but obviously we're serious and at the right time. So it was definitely hard to replace. It's definitely a different environment, but, you know, you just got to take everything day by day. You know, it's been an awesome experience. I think we got a great group each and every – like that's the best part about – playing for this team he's got so many great players and just uh, great people to you know hang out with so we got some good guys you know so i'm not i'm not exactly filling their shoes i think it's the whole six that's filling the, the offense so that's that's that's, that a, that's a great answer a <laughs> great answer um real quick just to kind of bring Love this that. full circle to yeah. end off our quick hitters here um this one could be a total dud but it sounds like it's some sort of a inside uh you know it's it's Sounds like something that that's meant specifically for you, <laughs> and it comes from 
Griff Hall three okay. on Twitter, and he says, "Is Money for Nothing the most electric song on the planet?" I don't know what this song is, but do- yeah, we can't tell. Is it an inside joke or money? You guys don't know the Money for Nothing thing. Uh, so, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits was our walkout song uh, last year for uh, like when did we start playing? I think it was before it was like sort of beginning of the season. We started bringing the speaker into play. That's that's even on our like uh, the national championship rim is the speaker because that was like the heart and soul of our team for a bit. Because that that song "Money for Nothing" by Dire Straits could have been the most electric songs to walk out to. In, uh, in uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have to yeah. cl- we'll have to close out the episode with uh, putting uh, "Money for Nothing" at the end of there. <laughs> Yeah, I think you should. It doesn't end like we walked out after the first drop and then we left. But those five seconds of when it drops, it's amazing. Yeah, I guess I'll. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check so, that one out. I'm uh, not not always not always in yeah, tune with uh, with with music, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give it a rip. And right. uh, hey, man. So listen, uh, obviously, huge game coming up here against Hopkins. So you've uh, you know you've got plenty to do right now to kind of get yourself ready for Saturday. So we don't want to keep you for too long. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, thanks again for jumping on with us again. Congrats on getting. Uh, picked up you know, number two overall to the Atlanta Blaze. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what you have to do, uh, you know, in that league to kind of continue your, uh, your, your kind of cross playing career. Uh, but more importantly, looking forward to what you do uh, this weekend against Hopkins and moving on with the rest of the season. So uh, best of luck, bud. And thanks again for coming on. Connor. Good luck, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was awesome talking with you guys. Wait, we, are, you, are you guys from, uh, will you guys be at the game? Possibly. <sighs> Unfortunately, no, dude. I mean, what's going on, Jordy? Well, I, I coach I coach a high school team, so that's oh, I have okay. a valid excuse. We got a game, but Robbie, he's just a bad fan. No, what? <laughs> I'll I'll rock my uh, be the best uh, Maryland Terp jersey. I'll, right. I'll walk down if you get me sideline passes. I'll make the trip from uh, New York City to Maryland. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 wait, actually to Baltimore. Sorry. All I'll right. tell you what. I, yeah, I'll 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 get uh I'll get on the line with Rambo, and uh, if if he's leaving from Philly, I'll just carpool with him. Perfect. Hey, at least you're uh, if you're rocking red that day. That's I'm fine with that. All right, buddy. All right, be the best. We'll talk to you. All right. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Forever, custom kitchen delivery.